sounds that I can't do it then. <laughs> oh, too far. There we go. All right. We're going to start by opening up in prayer. So. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for letting us all be here together tonight. We just ask that you just fill this place with your Holy Ghost and fire tonight, that you're able to, to use me tonight, that not anything that I have to say, Lord, but whatever you have to say that just comes out and touches people's hearts and that everybody gets something that encourages them, that builds them up, that they're able to, to take it and, and build the relationship with you and draw closer to you with, Lord God that we're just able to be here to help build each other up, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> I've been hearing a lot of sermons about faith lately, and there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that talks about faith in different ways. I mean, how many of you have heard, if you have the faith of the grain of mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to be going to the ocean, and it will. And you look at that little mustard seed and how tiny it is, and that's all the faith you have to have that's that's really not that much faith right well the other counterpart to that is you know like in james 1 6 here oh james 1 6 reads that but let him ask in faith without doubting without doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind okay but he, he doesn't stop there okay he goes on to the next verse and says for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord so if we go to the Lord and we doubt and I don't know about you but sometimes I do you know there are certain things when I go and I talk to God about it you know, I ask because I'm supposed to ask. I want to pray for those people, but in my heart, I'm like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to take care of it. And I shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to be like that. I mean, but James warns me, don't be like that, because if I do come like that, don't expect to get anything from God, because he's not going to take care of it if he does, right? <clears throat> okay. From there... I want to go on to John, and we're going to go to chapter 20. Sorry I didn't mark all of my pages like I should have. I just wrote them down. And I'm going to start at verse 19, okay? This is just another one of those situations that, you know, we got to watch out for. All right. So... It reads, Then, <clears throat> the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear that the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Okay, so they're scared because Jesus was just crucified and he was just resurrected. And so they came and told him that they saw Jesus. And so now the the Jews are still scared. They're afraid that, that the, the Romans are going to come crucify them and beat them the way they did Jesus. So they're hiding out. They don't want to be found. They're, they're scared of what's going to happen. 
They sat there and they walked with Jesus, but they're afraid what's going to happen to him now. They saw the miracles that he did, but they're afraid. They're still scared. They're still, they just ha- hasn't clicked with them yet, right? Okay. So Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. <clears throat> when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but now if I'm standing in a room and I'm locked up because I'm scared they're coming after me, that, that door is locked and I don't care who comes to it. You come knocking on that door, I'm not letting you in, right? But it doesn't say Jesus came to the door and knocked and said, hey, let me in, this is Jesus. It just says that he appeared in the midst of them, right? Okay, so now I'm even more scared because the guy that's dead that I saw get crucified is standing in the middle of the room. I'm sorry, that would just floor me. I'd fall over. I wouldn't know what to do, you know, because, you know, their faith is doubting. They're nervous. They're scared. They, They haven't got everything that Jesus told them. They walked with him and they listened to him, but it hasn't all clicked yet. So now he's standing in the midst of them. I told him, you know, be still. <clears throat> All right, so, the, so they were glad because they finally realized that it was Jesus. And they're, so they're starting to calm down a little. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. <clears throat> and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. Why not? He was hiding out someplace else. He was running someplace, but he wasn't with them, okay? The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless, <clears throat> unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So here he is. Not only does he not believe that he was resurrected, he walked with him. He saw him raise the dead. He, was a, he saw him heal the lame. He saw him heal the maim. He saw him you know, do all of these miracles that he was walking with. And he told them that in three days he was going to be resurrected, right? He told them it was going to happen. But now Thomas, even the people that he walks with every day doesn't believe, right? I'm not going to believe unless I can put my hand in his side. Now, he saw him crucified, so he knows it's not just a little finger hole in his side. He says, I'm going to put my hand in his side. Not just the hand, finger, and the nails. <clears throat> so, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do you not be but unbelieving, but believing? 
Okay, so now he got to do exactly what he said he was going to have to do to believe, right? But now Thomas, now he's, oh God, I'm sorry, you know, I, I forgive me, my Lord, my God. And then it says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So, you know, Thomas here, he's a, a prime example of what James was talking about when James was saying, you know, if you don't believe, you're going to be like a wave of the ocean just kind of tossed by the wind, all right? But now we've seen that example. So let's, go on, let's move on here. We're going to go over here to Matthew in chapter 8 now. Okay? <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 8, I want to start in verse 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. All right, you know, so here's a centurion. He has not been following Christ, right? He has not been on the trail following Jesus where he went. He's not seen every miracle that he's done. He hasn't broke bread with him. He hasn't been to any of his sermons. He hasn't, he wasn't there when you get to hear the Sermon on the Mount or anything else. But he's heard of Christ. He's heard what he's been doing. And so he comes to him and says, you know, he's laying at home paralyzed. And Jesus says he's going to come heal him. Now, here, here's the great part. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Wow. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. I don't know about you guys, but... I've been in a position of having that type of authority where I tell, you know, I've got people under me and I tell them, I want you to go do this. And they go do it. But they grumble about it sometimes, but they go do it. But yet, this guy understands that authority. But that's a physical authority, right? I, that's a physical authority that I have. And when I go someplace and I say, I want you to go take care of this. I want you to go hang that light. I want you to go put that receptacle in. I want you to go troubleshoot that. I want you to go wire this house. People do it. But now somebody else that has authority over the spiritual realm, he's chasing after to do a healing for his servant. Not a physical realm, a spiritual realm. Because it, <clears throat> he is not going to be able to speak and he'd be healed physically without the Spirit, right? So all of a sudden, just the centurion says, oh, you don't have to come. You just say the word, and he'll be healed. I understand that because I have authority over them, and I know you have authority over that because of what I've heard. So when Jesus heard this, <laughs> what's it say? When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled because of how this man's faith was. 
Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Israel, not even where he's from. But yet the centurion from a different country comes in and says, I haven't been following you, but I know you've got the authority over this and has the faith that he's going to heal him. And so Jesus goes on, he says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. He was healed as soon as he asked Christ for it. Christ was so marveled and so impressed with his faith. Now, Jesus knew it was going to happen. But what an example. He's got his disciples around him. And this man showed such faith. What kind of faith do we have? Because I want that kind of faith. I want to be able to have that kind of faith that when I go to Jesus and say, Lord, I have this problem. I want you to handle it. I know it's going to be done. I know it in my heart. I have no doubt. I don't need you to come over here to take care of it. Just speak the word and it's done. But I let this world get to me. And this world drags me down. And this world tells me it's not going to happen. This world tells me we're not supposed to do that. And, and you need to keep your church out of my school. And you need to get your, your uh, one nation under God out of my Pledge of Allegiance. And you need to get your in God we trust off my money. That ain't going to happen. And if we let that happen, you know, we're making huge mistakes. Did you guys see the football game Sunday night? Did you see the commercial that the guy by the name of Ron Reagan did? I was, I, I, I sit in, at my house when I watch football. I don't turn it up real loud. It's down kind of low. I just watch the game. But this guy comes on and says, my name's Ron Reagan. I'm with the Freedom From Religion Foundation. And when I'm trying to get you to join our foundation so that we can keep the separation between church and state, church and government, the way our forefathers always intended it. And again, my name is Ron Reagan and blah, blah, blah. And, and the last statement that he makes is, been an atheist since I was a little kid, going to hell and proud of it. And they put this commercial on TV in the middle of the football game. I couldn't believe it. But if we're going to let people like that step in and try to separate us, he isn't even educated about the Constitution. He isn't educated about our forefathers, but yet he's making these statements. All but three of our forefathers that made that Constitution were actively involved in their church. They were deacons. They were preachers. They were actively involved. But... If we're sitting on our thumbs letting people do this, we're going to let them walk over us. We don't need to go chase the fight. The fight's coming to us. And if we're not prepped for it, if we don't have the kind of faith that this centurion had to be able to know that 
when it's time to stand up and talk that God's going to give us the words, if we can't have that faith and if we don't believe in that, then we're, we're not doing any good. We're, we're just hurting ourselves. <clears throat> now, he was talking about authority, and he knew he had authority, so I started looking up some verses on authority, okay? <clears throat> because hearing about Jesus and not doubting Jesus when I haven't met him to come do something, that's faith. Knowing that he has the authority, that he doesn't have to be there and touch him. It's not some magic trick. It's not some spiritual trick that he's trying to do under the table. He is God our Savior. He is our Father in Heaven. He is the Holy Ghost. Okay? And he doesn't have to do that. All he has to do is say, he's healed. And it's done. Okay, that is authority over everything. So let's, let's go to, 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 to Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, uh, this is one I wanted to back up a little bit. Yeah, okay. And when he had called his disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Christ gave us that power. That's the authority that he gave to us. Why are we doubting it? Because we let too much world in. We compromise too much. We let too much stuff drag us down. We... We aren't transformed as strong as we're supposed to be. We're conforming too much. And we got to quit it. All right, let's get the next one that he gave us. Matthew 28. Verse 18. 28, 18. And Jesus came... And spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. God, gave, God the Father gave God the Son the authority, and he's given it to us right there and telling us, go make disciples of all nations. Not go to your church, sit in a pew, go home, read your Bible, listen to the radio, and come back to church. Because we're not discipling if we're doing that. We're just sitting on our thumbs. We're not building the kingdom. We're not preparing the fields for harvest. We're not planting the seeds. You know, God's going to give the increase, but we got to plant the seeds, and we can't do it sitting at home. All right. And then let's go to Luke 10, 19. <laughs> I always misquote it if I try to quote it, so I always look it up. Does, does. 
Luke. Man, these pages. All right, 10, 19, 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority. Once again, he's giving us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, but that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You know, I always wondered whether or not the scorpions and serpents are just symbols. Because there are so many scorpions and serpents in this world. Why are we letting them trample us? Why are we letting them trample us? Because we were given the authority by Christ himself. In my Bible, those words are in red. That's Jesus. That, That ain't me. That's not the person writing it. That's Jesus speaking. We have that authority. Okay? Now, I got talk, I got thinking about that, and I'm going through that, and we have the authority. And we've given, we're given the authority, and we've been given the, the measure of faith by God, right? Yeah. And we have that measure of faith, and we have that authority. Sometimes we don't use it because we don't build it up enough. And why is that? Because we're not sharpening each other. We're not helping build each other up. We're, we're using our words to tear down instead of build up. And sometimes we just don't get together like we're supposed to. Which made me want to, okay, if you go to, over to Proverbs real quick. The Psalms. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 14. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. And of course, this is Solomon, very wise man writing this, right? And here's what, he, here's what he writes. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Man, I started stewing on that when I read that. When you're by yourself, you fall. You have no counsel. You have nobody backing you up. You're depending on yourself to be able to build yourself up. You're depending on yourself to be able to encourage yourself. You're depending on yourself to push yourself. Why? We have a church full of people that are here that are brothers and sisters that can help build you up. They can encourage you. They can counsel you. If you're going through something, I... I'd be willing to bet somebody else in the church has been through it or is going through it. Are we just embarrassed to ask for help? Are we embarrassed to to reach out and say, hey, I'm having this problem. Can you pray with me? You know, I know most of the people in this church, and I don't know a single one of them that's going to go running out there telling your problems to everybody if you actually came to them and asked them for help, asked them for prayer. Because the people I know, they're not the kind of people that are going to go out here and say, oh, you know, you need to pray for this person because this person has this going on after you talk to them. No. Matter of fact, if you say don't say anything, 
They won't. But you can also just say, hey, why are you praying tonight? I got an unspoken. Just you mentioned that. God's going to take care of it. And he will because guess what? He already knows what's going on. But when you have power in numbers praying for something, you have power in numbers helping each other out. You know, you, it's not just you praying. Now you've asked somebody, and they're praying. And you said, hey, there's a special unspoken. Would you guys pray about it? They pray about it. There's more. We're stronger in numbers than we are by ourselves. We're going to fall if we try to stand by ourselves. It says right there. You know, where there is no counsel, the people fall. We have plenty of counsel right here in this room. Depend on each other. Reach out to each other. Help each other. I mean, I'm blessed because I get to work with my wife, so I see her a lot. She prays with me a lot. I get to work with Darren. I call Forrest. I get to pray with my daughters. My, I get to see my daughters grow and see what they're learning. And I get to teach them about Jesus. And we'll have discussions sitting at the table, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, about something some one of us read in the Bible. Or something one of us read in a book, how that is, is talked about in the Bible, and how it applies to the Bible, or how the Bible applies to that. And how to apply it to our lives. And how are we supposed to take care of it? But if you don't reach out, and you just try to do it yourself, you're not going to get to see that growth. But when you get to see somebody grow, when you get to see them on fire, it's such an excitement. We had a kid in here that got saved this year around, well, I guess it was last year now, around Easter, on fire for God. Man, I was excited to see it. And we tried encouraging, encouraging. And when you see him step back and walk away, oh, man, that hurts. It just crushes your soul. But you can't let it stop you. You can still talk to that person. You can still, you know, throw in a jab and give them a little prayer, try to get them to do something, try to get them to realize what's going on, what they're missing. But don't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. Reach out. Have people pray. You know, we have all kinds of people in this community that need our help. Whether it's spiritual help, whether it's prayer, whether it's physical need that they need help with. You know, I was talking, uh, I don't remember who I was talking with. I was talking with somebody about reaching out to the community. They've been daring. And we were talking about doing some uh, open evangelism out in the community to try to touch some of the community and get them to come in. And if it, whoever it was, whoever it was, <laughs> I think it was Darren, but he was saying that he went to a class on it and that the class was teaching that the big events, the huge events where you bring in hundreds of people are less productive than starting out in your own church with like a welcoming committee. And they say if you don't touch that person that comes in that door within 36 hours of the time they're in that door, your chances to get them to come back drastically decrease by, there's like 75% less chance if you don't reach out to them. 
And they don't always want to hear from the pastor. Can you believe that? They expect it from the pastor. They want to see that there's other people in the church that can show that fellowship, that can show that love, that, that can show Christ in their life. They want to see that. And, and that's what we got to do. You know, if we want to grow the kingdom, we're not going to do it sitting here. You see somebody walk in that door. Get them a, a card off the back. Well, it used to be on the back wall. <laughs> Get them a gift uh, uh, visitor card. Sit down, talk to them, find out their name. Don't let them rush off. Sit by them, invite them to come up and sit with you. Ask them if there's something that they, you can pray with them over. Pray for them if they will. If they say, yeah, I'd like to pray for this, don't wait till the end of the service to do it. Do it right then. They need to know that you truly care and that when you tell them you're going to pray for them, you're going to pray for them. Because if you're not, don't tell them that. That's just, just, as, bad. <laughs> That's just as bad as when they tell you they're going to show up at church. We'll see you Sunday. How many times have you been told that? And they actually show up on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I've, I've heard it. I can't even count. I don't have enough fingers to count that. But anyhow, I hope that some of this really helps you and uh, speaks to you the way it spoke to me this week because God's just been using it to talk to me. Every day he adds something new to it, something new about my faith, being able to grow it and build it up, that I can have the faith that that centurion have and that I understand the authority that Christ has given to me. And that word tells me that he gave me that authority. It's not just me listening to some other preacher or some other pastor or some teacher trying to tell me he gave me that authority. I went and looked it up. He gave me that authority. It's clear. It's right there in red and white. Now it's up to me to get the faith to use it. So I want to encourage you that you guys reach out to somebody if you're too scared to do it or you're too embarrassed. Don't be. Don't be. All right. Everybody, close your eyes for a minute, please. I don't know how many of you guys have been going through stuff this week. For the last few weeks, well, for the last month and a half, I feel like our faith is getting attacked. We've had friends. We've, we've lost a friend a week or two in a week for the last month and a half, two months. And that really tears down on your faith. That really tears down on what you're thinking and how you're feeling. Um, we lost another friend today. And I tell you what, if this is tearing you guys down as much as it is me, if you just raise your hand, because I want to keep you on my prayer list this week when I have my private time with God. I want to be able to, to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let me, I'm going to keep you in my prayer, and I pray that you guys will keep me in your prayers this week. But let's encourage each other. Let's help each other out. Let's build each other up. And if, we, if you hear somebody else tearing them down, stop them. I had a great pastor that I grew up underneath when I was a kid. And if you went to complain to him about somebody, 
he grabbed you by the hand and said, well, let's just go ask him. He stopped it real quick, and that's what we need to do. So, all right, let's go ahead and close in prayer here. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for moving to me. I can just feel your spirit here, Lord, and I thank you for it. I thank you for what you've given to us tonight, and I pray that you're with us all week, Lord, that you help us to, to reach out to each other, to encourage each other by text, by phone, going to the house, knocking on the door, and that we bring you with us so that they know that it's not just us, but we're doing it with the with the power of Christ, the authority that's been given to us, and the love that can only come from you. We ask that you go with us all week, you protect us all week, and you help, you help show us signs, Lord, just to encourage our faith and help us to, to take those testimonies and spread them to our friends, spread them to our family, that they're able to see the changes that we're making in our lives because of you that they see you in our lives no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're, where we're working, where we're eating, where we're shopping, that when they see us, they know it's you that's changing our lives, and they desire that change, that they want to come after you wholeheartedly because they want the same change. They want the excitement. They want the joy. They want the happiness. They want that peace that passes all understanding, Lord. So give this to us and give us this, this ability to be a shining light in this community, Lord God. Thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Thank you for the blessings that you've been given to our church. Thank you for the, the warm church to be able to come to and, and worship you in, Lord, and be able to learn more about you. We ask that you just bring us back here at the next appointed time that we can fill up more and take more out. In your name we pray. Amen.